Welcome to the Hope City Church Podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. <laughs> Mark chapter nine, Mark, Mark chapter four, I'm sorry. Today's message is called Praise Break. And my subtitle today, I told you my subtitle last week, and this subtitle is not nearly as long as my subtitle last week. My message is called Praise Break. My subtitle is Thanking Your Way to Peace in the Storms. And it all begins with praise. And I'm struggling to find the book of Mark, so hang on a second. Mark chapter 4. Verse 39 is we're going to pick up. <clears throat> the, uh, the workforce... And many of us are consumed with break time. When you get a job, you go to work, you want to know, first of all, you want to know what you're going to get paid. Then you want to know, once you start your job, when's my break? When is lunch break? When is my coffee break? Uh, The government, it makes sure, like, breaks are important. All employees must have their break time. We must give people breaks so they don't burn out, so they don't get tired, so we give them break times. The government even, listen, if you're a smoker, which, by the way, if you're here and you smoke, you should talk to Jesus about that. Because you're putting stuff in your body that isn't what he wants you to put in your body. That's just between you and him, though. That's just for free. But the government says, government says, hey, you need to... uh, You need to make sure people, if they smoke, they get a chance to go smoke. They have a smoke break. We have coffee breaks at work. We have all kinds of break times. Kit Kat, who knows Kit Kat? They made a commercial, I think back like in the 80s it came out, and it's still, I bet we could all sing it together, that great jingle from the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s for Kit Kat. Who knows it? Give me a break, give me a break, break me off a piece of that. We're obsessed with break times. We're obsessed with breaks. I was telling Beth in the first service that she hasn't probably experienced this yet. Maybe you might be getting close to it, but you haven't sent Avea to go do jobs and chores yet. But there's coming a day real fast where, where little Avea is going to have to go do some, go clean up your room, go fold your laundry, go outside. My favorite was getting sent outside to go weed the garden. I hated that. I hated weed. I, I felt like it was always a punishment. Now that I'm older and I have my own yard, I realize you just have to do it. But when I was a kid, I got sent outside to go do the, weed the gardens. And at some point, as a child, you're like, when's, can I take a break? I need a break. I'm tired. I've been out here for five minutes. I need a break from this. This is slave labor. You're exploiting me. And we come up with all these things. Just wait. One day it'll happen soon. Uh, but break time is really important. But today we're talking about praise break because we need to have a life where we stop and give God thanks and praise for what he's done in our life. We're going to talk about giving thanks and thanking our way to peace in the storms of our life. Does anybody here have any storms in your life that you are walking through? Do you have anything, any turmoil, any stress, any anxiety, anything where you say, this is a storm in my life and I need the peace of God? Yeah. I think all of our hands are pretty much up for the most part. We're going to talk about how you find peace in the storm. We're going to look at Jesus finding himself in two storms just to start off with. Daniel stole my thunder this morning, but that's okay. We're going to look at Mark chapter 4 anyways. He didn't steal my thunder. Mark chapter 4, and we're going to pick up here 
And uh, verse 39 is the one we're going to look at. I'm going to start at verse 35 just to get a good old-fashioned running start because I like that. Uh, I'm reading from the New Living today, and it says, As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat, and they started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed along behind, of course. But soon a fierce storm came up, and high waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. This is a bad storm, okay? They're out there. This isn't like boats like we have today that are storm uh not proof but you know like they're they're built to like weather storms and they're all enclosed this is basically like a rowboat that's exposed and they're sitting out on the water and the the waves are coming and slapping up against the side and they're filling up inside the boat and then it says this that um uh in verse 38 jesus was taking a nap at the back of a boat with his head on the cushion just don't you love jesus he's not bothered one bit by this I imagine Jesus probably kind of kind of cracked his eye open and was like, oh, it's just a storm, it's fine, and went back to sleep. Because here's the thing, Jesus knew that he was here on purpose. I don't think you got that. Jesus knew that he was here on purpose and so that he wasn't going to be taken out early. So he wasn't worried about a little storm. He had work to do from the Father. And so rain, shi- rain, rain, shine, rain, sunshine, hail, it didn't matter to Jesus. He had work to do. So he's back there taking a nap. He's, he's cool as a cucumber. The disciples woke him up shouting, saying, Jesus, don't you care that we're about to drown? It says, when Jesus woke up, he finally, they get him up, he wakes up and he rebukes the wind and he says to the waves, silence, be still. And suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Now I want to stop for a second here. This, if you're reading it like in the New King James, it probably, it will say this to you, peace be still. And we often quote this scripture, peace be still. But this word uh, is better translated in the Greek. It's actually better translated as meaning silence, to be silent. And what it actually means is an involuntary silencing. It it means to tell somebody to hush up is what it actually means. The example is saying, hey, you just hush up. You don't don't have a say in this right now. I'm going to tell you what to do, so you be quiet. That's what Jesus said to the storm. He didn't get up and go, peace, be still. I am the risen Christ, here to work signs and wonders. He got up and he saw the storm and he said, hey, be quiet. And that word that says be still, it's actually translated. What it really means is muzzle. So basically, essentially, I know we don't like this. We talked about this a couple weeks ago because we're Canadian. But essentially, what Jesus said to the storm was shut up. Yeah, he did. I, you know, that's such a bad word. You said, shut up. I'm going to leave this place right now. Jesus essentially, to the storm that was brewing around, the disciples were afraid. When it says he involuntarily told it to be quiet, he involuntarily said, hush your mouth. You just be quiet, wind. Waves, you just hush and calm down. I'm muzzling you. He said, shut up to the storm. And the Bible says, the storm done shut up. Oh, I would have loved to see that. Many of us want this Jesus in our life. When the storm's blowing and the winds are blowing and the waves are coming into the boat and we're sinking, we want the Jesus that stands up and says, shut up, circumstances. Shut up, voice of divorce. Shut up, voice of sickness. Shut up, fear. Shut up, anxiety. And suddenly everything's okay. But do you know there's another story of Jesus in the storm? And I like this story actually more. I feel like I can identify with this story more that we're going to look at right now. 
than this story of Jesus calming the wind and the waves. So go with me to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew comes before Mark, in case you're wondering. Matthew chapter 14. We're talking about praise break. We're talking about thanking your way to peace in the storms of life. Matthew 14, we're going to look at verse 24, 5, and 6, but just some context again for this story. Jesus uh, puts his boys in the boat and says, go to the other side, and I'm going to go pray. And he went up the mountain, and he went up and prayed says in verse 23 that night fell and he was up there alone. You can't get away from prayer in your life. That's just a side note. You need to pray in your life, okay? Look at your neighbor. Say, you need to pray. If you don't have a neighbor, you can look at me. And verse 24 says, meanwhile, everybody say meanwhile. Jesus is up on the mountain alone praying. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. So they're in another storm. They're in another boat, and they're in dire straits again. And about 3 o'clock in the morning, Jesus comes toward them walking on the water. Ah, I would have loved to see that. Ah, like, you know, there's some things you want, when you read the Bible, you say, I wonder what that actually looked like. And just interesting side note, has anybody here ever tried walking on water? I have. I'm going to be real with you. I have many times. It, it has never worked to this date. I'm going to tell you that I will probably try it until the day I go home to be with the Lord. If I find myself in a body of water and you're there with me and you see me slowly putting my foot like this on water, you'll know what I'm doing. I'm just being, what'd you say? Yeah. And so he's walking on the water. And when the disciples in verse 26 see him walking on the water. They're terrified in their fear. They cry out and say, it's a ghost. Now, this is, this is the account. It goes on here, and this is the account of Peter saying to Jesus, hey, if it's you, because they thought it was a ghost because of, uh, like, tradition and all those kind of things back then. If they saw something on the water, it was a ghost. And, and if they saw a ghost in the middle of a storm, it was a, a precursor to what they believed was they were going to die. And so they see Jesus walking on the water. Peter says, is that Jesus or is a ghost? And he says the, what they can't tell what it is. They say, hey, is that you, Jesus? If that's you, tell me to come out to the water. This is the weirdest conversation I can picture in the Bible. And Jesus says, well, it is me, so I guess I have to answer your question. So come out on the water. And then Peter gets out, walks in the water. We know this whole story. But what I love about this story is here we find Jesus and his disciples in another storm. And in this storm, Jesus is at perfect peace. He's just walking across the lake, going to where he's supposed to be going. He's not concerned about the wind and the waves. He's not concerned about, like, am I able to walk on this? Jesus had a mission, and he was just on mission going to where he needed to be. Now, the disciples were in the boat, and they were afraid, but Jesus was at perfect peace in that storm. And listen, many of us want the Jesus in our lives who tells the storms to be silent and to calm the raging seas, but there are times in our life when you have to be okay okay like Jesus was being at peace in the storm in John chapter 16 verse 33 Jesus said I've told you all this so that you might have peace in me here on earth everybody say here on earth he says you will have many trials and sorrows 
So if you're going to have many trials and sorrows on earth, guess what that means? It means you've got the opportunity to learn how to walk through the storms of life in peace. And we're going to move on here into Philippians chapter 4 in just a second. But here's, here's the thing. It comes through praise. Your peace comes through praise and thanksgiving. Many of us, many believers are stuck in the storms of their life. And you're saying to yourself, why am I still in this stupid typhoon? This storm has raged in my life now for decades. This storm has raged for far too long. No natural storm could rage this long. What is happening? And here is the problem. Here's why the storm is still raging in your life. Because you have not begun to give God thanks for who he is to you for what he has done in your life, and you haven't moved along because you're not living in peace in the storm. <clears throat> Go to Philippians chapter 4. Thank you. Yeah. When I was writing my notes down, I don't write a lot of notes. I draw pictures mainly. I, I do. I was telling everybody in the first service, here's my notes. Today's message is called Praise Break. There's a disco ball. And then here is uh, the little John Travolta emoji, the man doing the disco dance. For Mark chapter 4, verse 39, with Jesus silencing the storm, here is the big emoji. I don't know if you can see it. Hang on a second. Let me... I don't know if you can see it. There's the wave emoji. Can you see it? And then beside it is the calm seas. And then below it there is the, uh, uh, I took two emojis and put them together, the wave emoji. And then I put a little man walking on the water. This is how my brain works, just so you know. <laughs> just so you know. This makes sense to me. I don't know if it makes sense to you, but. Uh, anyways, all that to say, I don't, I don't write a lot of notes, and I don't, I don't write things down like I'm going to say things this way. But one of the things, sometimes I do, and one of the things that I wrote down is this, is that Jesus isn't just the storm silencer. He's also the one who's at peace in the storm. And we have to learn how to not just want the Jesus who will silence the waves and the wind, but we have to learn how to walk in agreement with Jesus, who is the one at peace in the storms. So Philippians chapter 4, have you found your way there? Praise break. Everybody say praise break. Praise break. Praise break. Praise and thanksgiving are a major key to victory in your life. They're a major key to overcoming in your life. I, I will tell you this. It's hard to make carte blanche statements, but I would say that as a, as a society, we are not thankful enough. In fact, we focus on the negative. We focus on what we're lacking. We focus on what we're missing. And what you focus on consumes you. We need to begin to be people who are giving thanks every time God is working in our life. 
And when you begin to give thanks for what God has done in your life, when you begin to give thanks for what he's done in the past, when you begin to give thanks for what he's doing right now, then something shifts in your own mind and heart. Your focus shifts. And you begin to focus on the good things than on the hard things and the terrible things. So Philippians chapter 4, I've got four points that we're going to take out of this passage of Scripture. How to have peace in the storms. Praise break. Praise break. I'm going to read through these verses. We're going to read from verse 6 to verse 9, and I'm going to come back and make some points. It says this, don't worry. This is Paul talking to the church in Philippi. He says, don't worry about anything. Somebody needs to highlight that and underline it and draw circles around it. And that might be all you need to hear today. He says, don't worry about anything. Jesus said that this, who of you by worrying can add one cubit to your stature? Worry changes nothing. Actually, that's not true. Worry changes you. It makes you worse. Uh, They have found things like sickness that is a result of worry, anxiety, all kinds of things get attached through worrying. So Jesus said, what are you going to change by worrying? Nothing. You can't change anything. And here, Paul says, don't worry about anything. He doesn't stop there, though. He says, instead. Everybody say instead. Don't worry about anything. Instead, he's like, instead, I'm going to tell you what you should do. Instead of worrying, who worries here? Let's just be real for a minute. Who, who worries? Like, I mean, like, yeah, Jen's like, sometimes I'm not. Like, you don't have to be a worrier. Like, have you worried in your life? Are there things that you worry about? Let's put our hands up again. Oh, okay. Oh, well, we all worry sometimes. Paul says, instead of worrying, I'm going to tell you what you should do. He said, pray about everything. Everything means this. In the Greek, this is what the word everything means. Everything. Did you get that? God wants me to pray about everything? Yeah, anything that you think is an issue, he wants you to talk to him about. He loves you so much. He cares about you so much that the things that you're concerned about, he wants to hear about so he can show himself real, alive, and strong to you. So if you're worrying about something, Paul says, don't worry about it. Instead, what you should do is go and pray and talk to God about it. Tell God what you need. And then he says this, don't just stop there. He says, and thank him, and thank him, and thank him for all he has done. Has God worked in anybody's life? So when things come into your life, that you want to worry about, instead of worrying, what you're supposed to do is go talk to God about it, and then don't just stop there. Don't just go to him with your problems, your worries, your cares, and your concerns, but when you're done telling him the things that you have need of, it says then you go and begin to thank him for what he's done in your life. So here's my first point for you. First thing is this, is choose prayer over worry. Choose prayer over worry. Who can make that choice for you? Can I make that choice for you? Who makes that choice for you? 
Nadia, who makes that choice for you? You do. Nobody else can make the choice for you not to worry but you. Nobody else can make you go and pray about things in your life. I can't show up to Mike and Ashley's homes and be like, get down on your knees right now and pray. Let's go. Let's begin to get, you worried about something? Start praying. I'm afraid. Well, do it. Pray. I can't do that. How would you feel if I showed up at your house? Oh, no, Pastor Jake's here. He's going to make me pray. Close the doors. Turn off the lights. Nobody can do that. You've got to choose. You've got to choose prayer over worry. And then he says, when you do pray, tell God what you need and then thank him. Here's my second thing for you. You've got to choose prayer over worry. Number two is prayer and thanks go hand in hand. So guess what? You've got to take a praise break. Government says, go take a smoke break. Government says, go take a coffee break. Your kids say, I need a, I need a weeding break. I need a break from cleaning my bedroom. God says, you need to go take a praise break. No, hang on a second now. You're not getting it. As you begin to give thanks to God for what he's done in your life, it does something inside of you. It builds your faith. It stirs your faith. It reminds you that God's been good to you before, and if he's been good to you before, he's going to be good to you again. So you got to take a praise break. God healed me once, he can heal me again. God worked once, he parted the Red Sea in my life once, he can part the Red Sea again in my life. He, he, he brought me money to pay my bills one time, he can do it again. I'm going to take a praise break. I want to tell you about a praise break in my life. You ready for this? Are you ready for this? I cannot get the song out of my head. Look what the Lord has done. I'm telling you. I told people in the first service, I have found like four different versions of it that I have favorited on my phone. And when I plug my phone in my car, you know, with like CarPlay, you drive around, I just had this song on. And I just begin to give thanks. It does something in me. When I begin to hear this song, it reminds me of the goodness of God. And sometimes y'all just need to take a praise break. You need to pull over your car. You need to stop worrying. You need to, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, when thoughts are bombarding, you need to say, I'm not going to think about this. I'm going to begin to give God thanks for what he has done in my life because I know he's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And if he did it then, he's going to do it again. So sometimes you got to take a praise break. Levi, let's take a praise break. Listen. That song is not like, I don't, I don't normally listen to music like that. Like if you got in my car, oh, hey, you want to listen to the newest gospel track? That's not how I drive around. But that song, what it does for me is it focuses my mind on what God has done. And it stirs up my faith to remind me. Listen, when I'm walking through the storms of life and I need peace in those storms, I'm reminding myself what God has done. And as I remind myself and as I give thanks to God, look what happens. Let's look right here. Verse 7 says this. In verse 6, he says, tell God what you need. Give thanks to him for what he's done. 
and then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything you can understand. His peace, the peace of God, will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. I don't know if you're getting it here. Hang on a second. What I'm saying to you today is this, is if you are walking through a storm of life, you don't have to fall under the waves like Peter did. You can walk on the waves like Jesus did in perfect peace. Because as you give thanks to God for what he's done, it says, as you give thanks, when you do this, his peace will guard you. Are you getting this? Are you hearing what I'm saying? This is a key for victory in your life. This is a key for freedom in your life. Yeah, I know this song is like hokey, but I just, I still can't, I can't get it out of my, I can't get, I just drive around listening to that song on repeat for real. Sometimes I'll pull up with the light and turn it down because people can hear. <laughs> but there's something inside of me that goes off when I hear it. So number one, you got to choose prayer. You have to choose prayer over worry. Number two, you've got to take a praise break. I want to tell you this today. You know, listen, listen, listen to me. Don't just say that's you. That's you, preacher. You take a praise break. No, 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 no. Anybody who's going through a storm of life and needs the peace of God to guard their hearts and minds, you take a praise break. And when you're taking a praise break, you can be literally singing in the rain. And it doesn't matter how bad the rain is because the peace of God will guard your hearts and minds. I'm singing in the rain. And it doesn't matter what's happening outside because I'm praising God and his peace is guarding me because I have perfect peace in the storm as I give thanks because I'm not questioning who he is. I'm not questioning can he do this? Will he do this? I'm giving thanks to him because of what he has done. And if he's done it once, he'll do it again. Hang on here, let's go. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. That word guard, just so you know in the Greek, that guard that's being talked about is like a military soldier, a sentinel who is watching on the walls, the one who's up at night when you're asleep and somebody says, I'll take the night shift. It's that idea. It's somebody who's watching in advance over you. When it says his peace will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, that's the kind of peace that is watching out and taking care of you. Going on here says this in verse 8, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Paul says there's one more thing I want to tell you about this. I, I don't want to tell you just to, to pray. I don't want to tell you just to give thanks to God because there's another piece that you have to do. And here's the piece, one of the pieces that so many people miss. And this is a crucial piece. This is crucially important to you and your peace as you walk forward in Christ. Are you ready for this? Okay, well, one person is. That's great. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share. Who, who was that one person? I'm going to share this just for you. This is for nobody else in the room, just for you. Says this, and now dear brothers and sisters, sister, says um, one final thing. Fix your thoughts. Fix your thoughts. I want to tell you what good old 
Noah Webster says about fix. When you fix something, here's what Noah says fix means. To make stable, to set or establish immovably, to set or place permanently, to make fast, to fasten, or to attach and firmly. Basically, the idea is when you fix something, it cannot move. It is stuck there permanently, and it ain't going anywhere. And so Paul says, fix your thoughts. Fix your thoughts on what? He says, hang on, I'm about to tell you. He says, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. I missed some, didn't I? Yep. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable. Think about right things. Think about pure things. Think about lovely things. Think about admirable things. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Guess what? There's more praise happening. There's more giving thanks happening. As you fix your mind on the things that matter, the things that are eternal, the things that are righteous and true, you begin to give God thanks. As you begin to fix your eyes on the things that Paul lists, your focus is drawn away from these things over here that are drawing you down, and they're drawing you over here to these righteous things. And as you're fixed and focused over here on these righteous things, you begin to give God praise and thanks again for what he's done in your life. So you got to fix your mind. Nobody can fix your mind for you but you. You've got to choose what you think about. You've got to choose what you focus your thoughts on. You've got to choose what you allow to stay in there. Listen, you don't have to listen to me now. You don't have to think about everything that comes into your brain. You don't have to accept that thought and say, hey, you know what? This is a terrible thought, but it's just here, so I have to think about it because I am just a slave to my thoughts and my imagination. No, you can say, get out of here. I'm not going to think about you. I'm going to fix my thoughts on things that are like this, true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think on things that are excellent and worthy of my praise. That's what I'm going to think about and you don't fit the bill so you can take a hike. You want peace in your life? Change what you think about. Uh, I don't think you understood what I just said. We, we make so much of life so complicated. I'm stuck in this pattern. I'm stuck in this cycle. I don't know how to get out of it. Change what you're thinking about. Change what you're dwelling your mind on. Change what you allow inside of you and it consume you. Because what he's saying is, fill your stuff up with right, fill yourself up with righteous things. Fill yourself up with holy things. Think about these things. Don't think about wicked, evil, earthly things. Think about things that will last forever. There's the last thing here. It goes on. Verse 9 says, keep putting into practice all you have learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then, everybody say then, then the God of peace will be with you. So he gave us four things here, four things of what to do so that the God of peace will be with us. We all said we need God and we need his peace in the storms of our life, right? And so Paul listed out four things here for us. He said, you've got to pray. You've got to give thanks. You've got to fix your thoughts. And then here's the thing that so many of us fail at it. We want McJesus. We want, we want storm raging to silent calm seas Jesus. That's the one we want. But he says right here, keep at it. Don't stop. When the storm doesn't stop immediately, it doesn't matter because you can have peace in the storm. You don't have to worry about the storm. You can be like Jesus, just strolling across the water, not consumed one bit with what's happening out there because your peace is coming from him. And so it says, keep at it. And he says, if you keep at it, then he says, 
then the God of peace will be with you. Don't stop. Keep trusting him. Keep walking forward. Don't sit down and say, well, I just want fast Jesus. I want fast acting Jesus in my life. Why do I have slow Jesus in my life? I want the other one who does things really fast. I want the one who comes and calms my storm at the snap of my fingers when I'm afraid, when I'm scared. Why do I have the one that takes time? Where's the new and improved Jesus? You're preaching me a horse. I barely talk. I'm not a horse. I'm not a horse. You got to keep at it. Keep putting into practice all you've learned and received. Don't stop. Galatians 6, verse 9 in the good news says it this way. Let us not become tired of doing good. For if we do not give up, the time will come when we will reap the harvest. Let me read that one more time to you. Let's not become tired of doing good. For if you do not give up, if you do not quit in the middle of the storm, just because the wind is blowing. We had a rainy storm last night. We had a rainy storm this morning. It didn't keep us from moving ahead and coming to church this morning, did it? No, but so many of sit down when the storms of life come and say, that's it, I give up. I'm walking away. But he says, if you keep moving forward, do not give up. The time will come when we will reap the harvest. You know, if Jesus hadn't got in the boat when Peter distracted him and said, tell me to walk out to you, and then, and then he sank because he took his eyes off Jesus, and Jesus had to help him up out of the water, out of the mess he got himself into, and then Jesus walks him back to the boat, you know the time would have come, if none of that had happened, where Jesus would have eventually got to the other shore. And I want to tell you today that wherever you're at in your life, with the storms raging, if you have the peace of God, if you walk along in that storm giving praise and thanks to God, you will get to the other side of the storm eventually. No storm can last forever. It's physically impossible. But in the spirit world, if you do not give thanks to God, you'll be stuck in this squalor of a storm looking for the way out when the way out is right before you with you lifting your hands and saying, in the middle of the storm, I will raise my hand and thank you for what you've done. I will praise you for who you are to me, for what you've done. I will say to myself, I'll remind myself, look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. So what am I going to do? I'm going to praise his name. Stand up with me. Yeah. Worship team, let's come to the front. We're going to give thanks to the Lord. I said this in the first service. There's door number one and there's door number two. I'm not sure how, what Pastor Jake has in mind for how we're going to land it, but I'm just going to say, get ready. In the book of Matthew, Mark, it talked about how they were going to go to the other side. And I just felt like the Spirit of God had a prophetic word for us as a church and for some of us here specifically. It's time to go to the other side. I'm going to say this again. It's time to go to the other side. I'm going to say it one more time. There's, it's time for us as a church, not just one of us, not just two of us, not just three of us, not just four of us, but all of us collectively as Hope City Church, because one can chase a thousand, two can chase 10,000. Amen.
And what 2024 was prophesied that it is a year of more, more of what? And I, you know, I have enough miles, you know, in my bones walking with Jesus that I think that when God, you know, I'll put my own spin on what 2024 a year of more is, but it's, it's not ever. And I could say not, I could say usually, but I'll say ever. It's not ever what I think it is. And God is getting us ready. Look at the person next to you say, God's getting you ready. God is getting us ready for the more, but so often we are looking on the outward, but God is looking at our hearts and he's, he's expanding our heart. He's getting our hearts ready with thanksgiving. He's getting our hearts ready with teaching us how to worship. He's getting us ready to be like, church, praise in every single season. Church, give thanks to me in every single season. Does that make sense? Because God is in the business of transforming us before anything else. And that's what matters. If I could tell young people anything, that life is more about who are you becoming than what you're going to do for the Lord, because what you're going to do is going to flow out of your being with him. Amen. Life is more about who we are becoming in Christ Hope City. I want to say this again. Life is about who are we becoming, not just as one, not just a two, not just three, not just four, but collectively, who are we becoming? It's time to go to the other side, to maturity. Amen. That we wouldn't just be babes and just want the pablum. And, and just want the milk, but we would want the meat of the word of God, amen, that we wouldn't be just a church. We will know him as our savior. We will speak to the streets and invite people in through things like Alpha, that Jesus is your savior, but God is calling a church to know him as their Lord, amen? So we don't get to pick when we give thanks that no matter what, Jesus, I'm going to give you thanks in everything, amen? When you're dealing with anxiety, give him thanks. When you're dealing with hopelessness, give him thanks. When you're dealing with depression, give him thanks. And I said this in the first service, but when you're dealing with anxiety, when you're dealing with things like hopelessness or loneliness or depression, it is a signal to you to praise the Lord. Say it again. It's a signal to you to praise the Lord. When you're feeling defeated, perhaps by a sickness or an ailment that just won't go away. And I understand that because I'm dealing with some stuff too that just won't go away. It's a signal when you start feeling hopeless in that situation. You know, look what the Lord has done. He's healed my body. It might not feel like it right now, but I know that Jehovah Rapha is my healer. And that is my testimony to look at my good, good father so that I'm not being overcome by the waves each and every day, knowing that I'm going to overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of my testimony amen whatever is good whatever is pure whatever is lovely whatever is true whatever is praiseworthy hope city church let's not just think about these things but wait may we know them wait may we declare them and may we walk in, into them together amen not just one not just two not just three not just four but a whole lot more in 2024 all of us look at the person next to you and say all of us all of us declaring the goodness of God. Come on, let's give thanks to the Lord. So good. <laughs> okay. Sometimes the Lord says funny things to me. And here's, I said, sometimes the Lord says funny things to me. Well, it's not, it's not that funny. Like you're acting, <laughs> oh, it's just funny the way he talks to me. And he, he said to me, <laughs> I felt like it was like a used carsman or a, a car salesman. He said, uh, extend to these people the same offer that we extended to the people in the nine o'clock service. Right? It seems like something that like a used car salesman would say. Like, I'm going to, my, my boss 
has authorized me to extend an offer you to you. for five more minutes. Yeah. <clears throat> but here's, here's what the Lord said, you know, uh, the nine o'clock service, they were really ready to praise the Lord. Like they were praising the Lord. We played that song a couple of times and people, people were engaged and they were praising the Lord, giving thanks. And so at the end of that, we, the team here, they, they played it and we sang it and, you know, we kind of worshiped the Lord. And then it was about like the first half of the congregation uh, was, was really pressing in and like giving thanks to God. And God stopped me and he had me stop them and say, hey, listen, the Lord is saying this and this is what he's saying to all of us here as well right now, that if you will take a moment and just begin to give thanks to me for who I am and who I've been to you, that you will see those storms in your life begin to abate and be lessened and you will see victory come through on the other side. But you just have to take some time and begin to give me thanks and give me praise for who I am. Just lift your hands up. And so as we begin to worship here together, as we begin to praise, you know, sometimes it's like... Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.